You have to make your own noise. When COVID hit and you were stuck in, what gave you the inspiration to go outside and start painting? <laughs> Acid. <laughs> Can I say that? Yes! <laughs> I microdosed with some good friends and then I talked to the universe and I was like asking like what is my work where is my work supposed to live in this world like what what am I supposed to be doing with my work how does my real work you know fit here what is it you like I was asking these questions to the trees there were like yeah. turtles coming up to me I'm not even lying like frogs were walking up to me and oh, bats girl, were I've flying been there. down to me I've like, been there that was not that doesn't sound like a microdose dude. that sounds like a macrodose Welcome to the iFund Women Show, where we are talking to one entrepreneur about one huge problem in her business, and we are going to help her solve it. I'm your host, Karen Kahn. My team and I founded iFund Women to help female entrepreneurs get access to the capital, the expert coaching, and the lucrative connections all designed to grow our ideas into profitable, sustainable businesses. Let's do this. Constance, welcome to the iPhone Women Show uh, podcast. Beer, beer, beer. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> do you know how it's long it to took here. us to find? So can you do that noise one more time? Beer, beer, beer. <laughs> okay. That's almost the like the origin of Karen. I've been trying to like really <laughs> deconstruct like the, the history of Karen because it's funny. AF. It's pretty funny. It's very funny. Yeah. I think it's very funny. Yeah. So I was doing like the origin of Karen. I think that you, for no good reason at all, <laughs> yeah. should find the origin of pew, pew, pew. I use it a lot. I should know the origin. I mean, it. you really should. should. Really? Is this a good use of our time? I and mean. This actually brings us into why we're here today. Mm -hmm. So we are talking about your business. Okay. So I am uh, the co-founder of the Artist Collective Soho Renaissance Factory. And I use my work to make the city better. I work with many artists. I have a network of about 50 people and we do a lot of community organization events, uh, especially around the shutdown areas. We all met actually during, during the, the protest for George Floyd, who was murdered. As we all know, like the anniversary was in May. And we ended up meeting in July. So after he was killed, the city was boarded up and I just started going out every day and painting. And I met a group of artists that did the same thing. And so we started to organize and, um, and I mean, loosely organized, we were just building like street museums. We weren't like really thinking big picture. Then we were just kind of like trying to heal ourselves from being locked, locked up, you know, or locked down. So can I interrupt you for one sure. second? Because this is, this is such a critical part mm -hmm. of your story the renaissance of soho when you all were out there and you started painting all these boarded up previously like fancy storefronts mm -hmm. and like gallery storefronts that were all boarded up luxury br brands like the entirety of soho like every door window on the first floor yeah 100 percent. so you to me you are an absolute visionary and a real artistic genius. And I wouldn't say that if I didn't genuinely mean it. Thank you. That's, that means a lot to me. Did you not feel that there was, some, you were there for like a larger purpose and maybe yeah. you, okay. I think so. Like, I mean, before, right before I started painting in Soho, I was, you know, um, sheltering in place like everyone else and just at my wit's end. I remember like not being able to go outside and then it snowed. So I actually couldn't go outside 
And at that, that was the moment where I was like, okay, like what, like, and I also didn't really want to create at that time. I didn't feel really creative. Like I didn't come out the box. Like as soon as the shutdown, like, yo, what am I going to make? I was like, oh God, like. You're an artist and yeah, like you could not create. Why I didn't do you want think? To make, well, I, I actually was, you know, because basically when I stopped bartending, I used to be a bartender. Yeah. And when I was like, okay, I have, like, if you're going to do something, if you're going to be something, you have to be it. Like you have to be it. You can't be like having one foot, you know, anywhere else. You have to like really go in. And so when Everybody I stopped. Everybody needs to listen. It's true. To that piece of advice. Let me that tell is you, the day I post. knew, the day I knew was I was at work at Max Fish, RIP, which is my favorite bar. But I used to work there and it was like, there was this party there for these designers. I remember talking to them. I was like, oh, that's so cool. You like, you know, do design for a living. At that point I had been kind of like, I was getting some jobs and stuff for sure. I was like doing like fashion illustration and stuff that is fun to do, but not necessarily like dear to my heart or anything. Like I'm not like at home drawing outfits, but right. I would do those gigs trying to figure out where, where is, where am I supposed to live as an artist in New York city with my work? Like what's going to make me happy. Yeah. I met these people and I was like, oh, that's a cool option. And they were like, oh, we can get you hired, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, can we have four martinis? And I was like, yo, that moment, I looked around the room and I was like, none of them are better than me, right? Like that whole thing, you got to get rid of that, that you don't deserve. I was like, they're not better than me. We're the same. So at that point, I was, I also got yelled at for limes that day. And I was like, oh, I got to quit. Like, I have to quit. <laughs> like it's limes, you know, like what am I doing here? And so I ended up. Um, I got yelled at for limes. Limes, it like was cutting then limes. When I knew that I had to I was quit like, and this commit is crazy. myself. Yeah, and <laughs> so funny. I basically, um, you know, I quit, and then I just was hustling. But I work with Baron Claiborne with the Biggie Archive with the Notorious B.I.G. Yeah, He's the King of New York. So yep. I, I was had like some gig, you know, I could do it was like a lot of digital work, and so I just kind of started doing that. But that's when I started podcasting and talking to people in their fields, like, how did you make it? Because I used to go to the newsstands. And I would take a photo or like write, I would write down every editor in the masthead, like the icon magazine stand. Yes. He would tell me to leave. I would be in there right now. I'm like Vogue, like, you know, I'm like sending stuff to Anna Wintour. But I was just like really trying to fit in. I would go to like one World Trade Center. It's actually really smart. That's how you got to get going. work from the mailroom to like Francis Mooley at the New Yorker. And like, I know they see my work. I know they have for sure. They haven't hired me yet, but so I was like. That's, so so to me, it's about, you have to make your own noise. When COVID hit and you were stuck in, what gave you the inspiration to go outside and start painting? <laughs> Acid. Can I say that? <laughs> yes! Acid. No, seriously. I was like, I don't know, man. I had some spiritual moments that I actually remember my friends making like these crazy videos and like out the gate, they were like, having things online and, you know, parties and like, you know, clubhouse. I don't want none of that. Like, you know, at all. I was, that wasn't my vibe, but I was actually in, uh, in Montauk with some friends, like kind of hunkered down and, you know, we were talking about like mind expansion and like, you know, tripping. And, and since we were kind of, it was a group of people that I love dearly, we were together for once. You know, that was one That's thing beautiful. out of COVID. You totally. know, one was like, you don't really see people. And then some people that usually travel, everyone was home. So we were kind of like in this big house. Yeah. And we I just like, we're hunkered down. So that's when actually George Floyd was killed. So we left and there were protests in like, you know, the Hamptons. 
I was like, whoa, what is going on? There's protests everywhere. I never, everywhere. I never, yes. ever. So that was I the got, catalyst yeah. for awakening. Yeah, and for a lot of different causes, you know. 100%. Like, like, it's too bad that it happened. And also, like, just so many things were brought up to the surface because people had time for it. Yeah, and, so, and I wish they yeah. were still to the surface mm-hmm. and we're trying to still keep them to the surface. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, the, the goal. And, um, no, but I actually, like, I microdosed with some good friends. And then I talked to the universe and I was, like, asking, like, what is my work? Where is my work supposed to live in this world? Like, what what am I supposed to be doing with my work? How does my real work, you know, fit here? What is it you like? I was asking these questions to the trees. And so, there were like yeah. turtles coming up to me. I'm not even lying. Like, well, you're so tell the frogs people. were walking up to me. And oh, bats girl, were I've been there. Out of me. I've like, been there. That was not. That doesn't sound like a microdose. Dude, that sounds like a macrodose. But I'm a shaman in my tribe, so I was like, well, learning so that's about, what I want you to tell the people. Yeah, so I'm a shaman in my tribe, so it was very much like tell us what taking my uh, the Little River Band of Ottawa Indians. I can trace my roots in Michigan eight generations. Like, yeah, I come from a long line of medicine people, artists, and uh, healers, and so that's like my work now. So, so you saw the trees and the frogs, and what told you to go <laughs> back to Soho and start painting? Uh, as I was entering my trip. My friend texted me, Charlie. He was like, hey, there's people painting in Soho. And I'm like, what does that, like, what does that mean? Is that like a commission or, you know, he's like, can you come uh, Friday? And I'm like, no, nah, man. <laughs> like, You're I can't. like, I'm in Montauk <laughs> like, I was, with uh, the trees and the frogs. I was like, I, yeah, I was like, no. And then um, I actually came that Sunday, you know, because I was like, but I'll be there. <laughs> I was like texting right. him all right. crazy. And then when I showed up on that Sunday morning, I showed up on Broadway in, in spring and the streets were 100% empty. There was art everywhere. There were like paintings lining Broadway. And James from Westwood Gallery, he actually, like in Gordon, they saved me a spot because uh, I also text them 15 times because <laughs> I, was, I didn't have reception. So like all these texts came like, hi, sir, can I paint your door? And they were like, we thought you were crazy, so we saved you this spot. Oh, oh, and wow! Then, um, that was in, in front of Victoria's Secret, which is on that bag right there, Riverwise. So and, undercover, uh, undercut, like you are absolutely an influencer, no question about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, I think so. Yeah, because you don't just get these people, mm-hmm. these major people, to save you their door. To paint. no, they were like, what's up with this chick? Um, I don't know if yeah, that's they, what they thought. How did you get the, how did you get the idea? What inspired you to start the business? Yeah. So I started painting every day and I met Amir Diop, who's in my collective. I love him very much. Hey, Amir. So I met Amir the first day and he walked by me. He was like, yo, that's fire. And I was like, oh. like, <laughs> this is my favorite compliment is from like a teenage kid. He was, I think he was 20 at that point. And I got donated paint because everything was closed. Right. So in my studio, I didn't have access to my studio. It was locked up. And so I got paint from like a dude and they saved me some paint, but they had been painting for a couple of days. So it was only, all they had was yellow, which is why the background of that piece is yellow. That's all they had at the moment. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go yellow it out. And then um, I came back the next day and, and uh, I was told by one of the Nike employees that they blocked the street off. So I was like, okay, well... It's safe. That's something safe to do. And I can get out of the house. It was summer and, and I was, you know, coming out of lockdown. It was, yes. It was really and George crazy. Floyd had just previously been murdered. Yep. He'd been murdered. Like the streets were hot. It was, it was crazy, but you only saw like the essential workers. How did you go from that? So, okay. So you and I met this past fall. 
yeah, at Zero Bond. Uh-huh. <laughs> fancy. <laughs> Whatever. Very fancy. I love being in those spaces. I think it's really important that artists are in all the spaces. The reason that I saw an opportunity is because the businesses in Soho started to come to me because they, I put up like, I advertised my work. I put up like, you know, 20 pieces right away. Like I just did it every day. People started coming to me to see the work and the other artists. Because the second day I was out, there weren't many artists. The That weekend, there were like 100. But the next day, there was like four people. And I was, I'm like, wow, but you can you can put your work up and the cops ain't going to bust you. Like, right. You know, you can actually like paint outside. So I was doing these like elaborate pieces. And then the community started to come to me, different business owners, you know, that the business community. And they invited us, uh, JVP Margulet invited us to come to their opening, which they opened during COVID. It's, um, I don't know if you know Margulet, but they are in the old French Culinary Institute building on oh, okay. uh, Grand and Broadway. Yep. And they like opened during COVID and invited us to come. When I, when I went, it was like, you know, you know, you live in New York. People always are like, yeah, come be on TV. It'll be like YouTube, right? And so when they were like, oh, it's going to be on TV, we're kind of like, I don't know. And at this point, I met the 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 members of my collective, and we just were hanging out every day and like Got it. painting, you know, every day and drinking beer. And then we were invited to come share our work. And then James from Westwood, he was like, yo, you should come. You should just try it out. It's going to be a big thing. And when we got there, the streets were lined with people to come see us. So they actually had this big, like, event for the artists in Soho, uh, which and was so us. your pieces were there. We displayed our pieces, yeah, just on the street. We were all outside. And um, oh, oh my goodness! So this mm-hmm. event was outside. Yeah, the space. everything was still locked out, like locked locked up. It was right on Grand. But it was like a red carpet. It meets- wasn't a red carpet, but it it was like it felt like it. Yeah. It was like it was like glitz and glam meets yes. meets art, but on the street. Yeah, because that's like, all people were dirty. allowed to do. Yeah, and were like, there real TV cameras? Yeah, there was. Uh, it was for like Israeli TV. Cool. Yeah, it was. It was Shalom. totally. It was real TV, and there were like all of a sudden the cameras in my face, and Errol Margulis there. So Errol Margulis. I mean, they're um, all lucky that you can like. You're great on camera. Yeah, I was like, I, mean, I think I sang a song. I was like, <laughs> dude, doing the most. But I was like, everyone's here. And James was like, yo, this is so your you moment. You are making your own he noise. Was like, this is your moment. And I'm like, you're right. Like, you do have to make your own noise. You have to take the opportunity. I almost missed that opportunity. Oh, like my friend died. And I almost like went to Philly. I was actually in Philly when James said, come be on the TV thing. And I was like, going to be with my friend and go to this funeral. And I was like, you know what? I got to start. It's like, you can't just take care of everyone else. You have to take care of yourself. And so I was like, I think I got to go do this thing. And it kind of sucked. And I was like, oh man, I really wanted to be there for my friends. But I know that me showing up for myself and my artwork is something my friend would have loved. She would have been like, girl, go get it. And you so, just took the words right out of my mouth. So Your friend it. was mm-hmm. watching you from heaven mm-hmm. or from wherever the spirit took her. And she was like, just and she was like, go be, check it go out. live. Yeah. Go live. Mm-hmm. So, so you started to get interested in your work and commissions and mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. Yeah. And then you started this collective. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was the day <laughs> that we actually were like, let's name the baby. Let's call it something. And so we came to the name uh, Soho Renaissance Factory, which was 
Soho being like what it is. We, you know, anywhere in the world you go, there's like a little Soho. Yeah. You know? And so we're like, okay, Soho. And then the Renaissance being um, really the Harlem Renaissance and the great thinkers that came out of that. And the city being in a clear Renaissance, like something new is happening right now in the factory. Cause that we were like, uh, people kept telling us they reminded us of the factory. Like interesting, like old, like older people, a lot of elders Tell the that, have been there. that don't know what the factory is. What the, the factory, factory is. Warhol's factory. So yep. they're like, oh, we used to see, we used to see Andy Basquiat Warhol. on the street. Andy oh my Warhol. God. Like, Basquiat uh, is Herring. my number one favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they kind of, because they, you know, they were in that neighborhood, but they were also making like street art too. They were doing yes. these like amazing things. And so that's, that's what we were doing. And so I think it just the the history of the neighborhood we wanted to really uh, honor new york city and so we named it and then pretty quickly people started coming to us like for projects all the time and so do you think that's because you set up a proper entity no i think it was because we kept showing up showing up with the name and i mean we got pressed right away which was like crazy because i'm like i've been in new york for 16 years it happens overnight, but it takes a long time to get to that night, you know? That's and, uh, another signpost. Mm-hmm. And overnight, overnight success <laughs> takes... 15 years. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we say 5 to 10, 16 years in your... Like, yeah. An overnight like, success takes yeah, 16 like, years. Yeah. Listen For me, up, doing people. doing my real work, I was like, oh my God, okay, now I can... People you know? expect it to be easy. And it was crazy because, like, I've been in many rooms with editors. My work has been published. But this was like the streets were talking like mm. it was like people were coming up because the work was beautiful but also we were bringing joy like we were doing weird projects we started totally. doing like movie nights where you know business would like different bars would like give us wine and stuff we order pizzas and then we would play movies on the building but like not invite anyone it was just for whoever happened to be out wandered by yeah in soho and they're all spread out so we're like cool social distancing and like it was you it was you real, guys really, really were spreading joy mm-hmm. and letting people still have culture and art in a lockdown time okay yeah. so i want to fast forward a little bit mm-hmm. you and i met in the fall when it was like you know less lockdown or whatever it was sort of not COVID at that point the fall of 20 <laughs> the COVID break the COVID break the fall <laughs> yeah. of 2021 mm-hmm. as i fund women entrepreneur of the year was just kind of getting underway mm-hmm. and we met at zero bond and i was so drawn to your art and drawn to you i like wandered away i was at this like fancy corporate dinner and i like wandered off and wandered over and i was like who is that and what is that art and like i need to go be in that booth with that lady for an hour <laughs> or two and i walked in and i was like you're an entrepreneur you're mm-hmm. you are an entrepreneur you are a business owner mm-hmm. correct and you were like yes and i'm like okay you really need to apply for this thing. Yeah. You're you like, fun women entrepreneur of the like, year. And you're like, what is that? <laughs> Who is this random person? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you That you was just... not random. That was like perfect timing. It was. I mean, I don't I thought it was perfect timing too, but yeah. like I can't and I know we were on the level, so like it wasn't random. But so tell me just like a little bit about what you're what you thought you were getting yourself into and what you got yourself into and what you got out of it. Like what did you learn? Mm. Was that your first pitch? That was my first big pitch. Yes, that was my first big pitch. I've had like pitches before where I'm like kind of one on one and I built out um, decks and they've been, I've had success with them. But that was the first time where I was like, oh, everyone's looking at me <laughs> and my computer was messing up. 
But I was like, oh, you just roll with it. It's cool, you know? So what what was that experience like? It was- What did you learn from it? Did you learn how to hone your woof, pitch? I learned so much. I learned how, yeah, I learned how to hone my pitch. And I learned, um, I mean, it really gave me a lot of confidence. Like it gave me, it gave me a different confidence. I hadn't looked at what I was doing so much as like, oh, okay, I can actually grow this thing like crazy because the people that I'm in the room with right now, they're talking big money, right? And to do anything in New York, you need big money. And I'm like, we have this thing that people like, so how do I level it up? So it really like gave me the wider vision to realize that I can actually take this to the next level, but also like I need to plan out what the next level is. Like, you know, putting together the pitch was actually an exercise for me to, to hone it in. Cause that's one of the first things that I think that's the, the thing you told me, you were like, be specific. And I was like, Oh man. Cause I think really big, I'm an artist man. I'm super ambitious. I like want to do all the stuff. And I know, you know, talking to you. but you have to like really be, you know, like hone in on what you're trying to do. Like, what do you want to do? You know what you want to ask for, you know? And so for me going from merchandising, the big archive, which I still work with, I'm really excited. I love doing that stuff. But what I've been able to do now with all, with like talking to you guys and building on my own pitch, actually pitching and getting feedback, seeing other people do it. Now I'm like, Oh, okay. I can like, actually, I have something that's viable and I have something that I know how to to take to the next level now. Like I needed to, I needed to write it down in a different way. And also I needed to base it around myself because I do have the experience. So, you know, I think like I learned a lot from working with iPhone women. It was, it was for sure. Like I needed that confidence boost. My network was like, what? Like, of course you are. And I was like, oh, right. Cause I think, especially as an artist, like we're just making the art. So you're kind of focused on like painting or whatever. And I don't want to just be a painter. I never really wanted to. I always love like working with many people and, um, the actually working to build the pitch out was that practice was, it was amazing. It was like in a very short time. And it was, I learned that like basically my pitch I had before, it was like so wordy and I was like, Oh, right. No, that makes sense. And I was able to take it back to my team. And for some of the other pitches that we have for various projects, like, yo, we need to take out like 90% of those words and then make it really beautiful and visual. And I learned that from being on those calls, on those Zooms, and then seeing the other women in several of which had already, you know, been with iPhone women. So yeah. they've already had coaching. And I'm watching them like, oh my gosh, she's like such an intelligent lady that has like it down. Like she knows what she's talking about. She loves what she's doing. And so it made me have the confidence to know like, okay, yeah, this is, this is what you do. This is how you do it. Just no one really showed me. I didn't know it was out there. I just kind of was like doing it. And, and from, um, you do, you do know that you have a year's worth of coaching yeah, for free. I do start using it. Yes. Okay. So the problem that you need solved right now, it seems to me and correct me if I'm wrong is you are doing everything from <laughs> yes. You are the founder and CEO yes. of The Collective. You are now going into sort of the real estate game in a way mm -hmm. because you're looking to open up spaces, rehabilitate them, put artists as tenants in the spaces and have the artist teach workshops. You're going to have a teacher training. It's almost mm -hmm. like a yoga teacher training. Yes. You're going to have artist teacher training mm -hmm. and you're the guru. Like you're the artist teacher trainer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. You're the C and you're the visionary CEO of the company it, to me. And correct me if I'm wrong. The next thing you need to tackle is 
operations. Because to the outside looking in, being an artist, it's like, why do they need an operations person? But you've taken what you do and have made it into a real, very successful business. Like Mm -hmm. I know you make real money Mm -hmm. and now you're trying to take what you know and how you've leveraged your client base and leveraged the way you can teach and pay that forward, mm-hmm. which is very iPhone women, by the way. I freaking love that. Someone has to show you. So you pay it forward yeah. to other artists, men and women alike. Mm-hmm. Love that. So how are you going to operationalize that? And are you looking for someone to do that? So like, you've got to find space. You've got to negotiate leases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, is that true? Tell me if I'm off base. That's very true. Yeah. Cause it kind of, I didn't know what I was getting into for sure. I, I just was like painting, hanging out. Girl, none know, of us do. You know, and then it was, very clear that this is the opportunity that it is right here and you can take it or you can like go home and be inside scared. And I, I just don't have that in me at all. So I have a team, they help me do things, but I know that if I'm not there getting it done and just like, like, did we like do this? It, it, it might not get done, you know, it, it might not get done under in, in good time. Like it'll get done, but like, well, cause they're artists, correct? Yes. Yeah. You need an operator. Yes, we need someone that that has that other mind that um, that you know. I, I want to be able to focus on the creative endeavors. I don't want to get bogged down with you know reaching out to real estate companies and you don't even know what they do. You're like <laughs> you're like I, the operations, but like yeah. there's so much to it. It's it's not just the real estate. It's the building out of the spaces. It's the negotiating of all the yeah. vendor contracts. It's making sure people get paid, making sure you get paid for the teacher training and pricing strategy and all that kind of stuff. We have that will change your life significantly. I have someone that helps with that. She's, she's wonderful. She does that, but well, I need someone else to partner with her to, to pull it off. You know what I mean? Yep. Cause she's a woman, she's a businesswoman, and she has her whole life and kids too. So Got I it. need so like, she works part time. Yeah. She works part time. So, so you need the other part of her part time. Yeah. Because so I need someone, I need feet on the ground to but get it done. Someone that's also like, your sidekick my sidekick yes i need someone to help me where i can take like all the day-to-day things and just like hey handle this you know and make it happen you know what the programming's gonna be Mm -hmm. you know what the spaces are gonna do you can understand like how you can make money from not only like the artists that come in to train to be teachers and then you're gonna empower them Mm -hmm. to have their own financial opportunities and to have a place to create work to sell work all the all the things that mm-hmm. you've created, you are paying it forward, and mm-hmm. that's awesome. So, first of all, as an iPhone Women Entrepreneur of the Year semifinalist, you get a year of coaching. Like, you got to use it because we can. Yes, like, literally, our people can help you think through how to find that exact right person. Because a full time operator in New York City with someone that can actually like go and deal with real estate is going to be a six figure minimum mm-hmm, mm-hmm, job. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you've got a manager who's super buttoned up and great mm-hmm. and can handle certain tasks. And then the other more like real estate boots on the ground stuff. Yeah. You could maybe have someone do part time. Yeah. And there's so many, they call them like fractional COOs that these companies that will send a great COO, chief operating officer or head of operations to you for however many hours mm-hmm. a week mm-hmm. and you're paying an hourly rate. Mm-hmm. And you're not paying benefits. You're not, you know, dealing with their 401k needs or their health insurance. Not that we don't want them to have it, but they get that that through 
their company. Mm -hmm. It's like, think of like an old school, like maybe you're too young. I hate this for me. But uh, a temp agency, do you know what that is? I am almost 40 years old. Okay, fine. But do you know what a temp agency (laughs) is? I do, yeah. All right, barely. These are like newfangled temp agencies, but they're for chief operating officers. Oh, really? Or fractional COOs, yes. And you can also do a fractional CFO, a chief financial officer. So this is the stuff you learn in coaching. And we can even give you a list of resources of BIPOC run or women run firms Mm -hmm. that, you know, because we all want to support who we are. And there are plenty of brilliant, brilliant, brilliant women that would take your business and allow you to be the creative genius that you are. You know, first of all, thank you. Because, you know, that's at this point, I'm like, oh, okay, that I need. I just want to be able to focus on the bigger picture. I'm good at bringing people together and doing all those things, but I need to be able to work freely too. I can't 100%. just be, man, last year was wild because uh, it was really good, but there was about five months where I was just like putting together pitches, organizing, organizing, organizing. So, and that was really great. Assessing what, what we did, you know, and it was I'm great. I'm glad you're vocalizing that too. That's another thing. Yeah, you it was great. So all your pitches. But it was a bummer. After <laughs> yeah. five months, I was like, I just want to paint too and like make graffiti or whatever. And like, yeah, you want to be an artist mm-hmm. and you want to teach other people how to do mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. how to monetize and all that stuff. Yep. So we need an operator who's not only going to deal with spaces, but also pitches. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to do is really create an archetype mm-hmm. of what we're looking for. And then also maybe in our next coaching session, we can talk about your manager and all of her awesome qualities she's and what amazing. she's amazing at. She's amazing. Because if she's, let's just for example, if she's amazing at putting the pitch decks together and being face forward and pitching to clients, have her do that. That's mm-hmm. business development, revenue development, sales, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. This other person might be better sort of like behind the scenes because you're creating like this world. It's not mm-hmm. a store. It's not a school. Mm-mm. It's not a hotel, but people could live there. Mm-hmm. It's a... We need a name for this kind of a space. Uh, we found a place at 200 Hudson and they just, it's just like kind of slow to see what construction and things are going to look like. But that would be the goal. Like if we can raise the funds to, to just get it all white boxed out, I'm pretty sure that they would give us a long lease and donate the space to us for like I, we were trying to get a, like a long lease because originally for that space we we're thinking like three months and now I'm like if we can get that space it would be like ten five years. ten years. So how much know? money do you need to build out the space? I think forty k. All right. Yeah, so- because basically the space is like, oh, it's a dream. And it's my dream you, space. That's and my all dream you space. Need is forty k. Yeah, we need about forty k. We and can take you that feel to confident. Them. If you need for if you get forty k to build out the space, do you feel confident that you can get them? to donate the space for a multi-year lease. Yeah, yeah. I think that the they're, they were kind of like ambivalent because they weren't sure about how we can, like what the business structure is and how can we make money to keep the space going. But- Oh, so you need a business plan too. We have a business plan for it. So we, sh- we shared that with them and they were really receptive. It's still on the table, but I think that the, their whole hold, hold up is like, it used to be a, um, a beauty school. And so it has like the sinks, you know, right. like, like water is it fixtures zoned for certain things. It is zoned for certain things, but it's zoned for what we would want to do in the space with these people. They really like what we're doing. And I think that they also needed to see us operate a little bit longer. 
Got it. You know what I mean? Which I get that. I do. For so sure. But at so this I point, have, I have we're ready. You. <laughs> you know? I have the idea for you mm-hmm. on the funding. Mm-hmm. This is like such a layup, no brainer. So my friend, you need to crowdfund. You only need 40K. You could even do 50 or 60. Period. It's cash. It's immediate cash in your bank account. It's not equity funding. Mm-hmm. It is cash funding. And you know so many thousands of people mm-hmm. and you have influenced so many, like tens of thousands of people. Yeah. If you put this out on the wire, you will have no problem raising this money, yeah. especially with the coaching that you will get at iFund Women as part of the IFWEOY program. We'll teach you how to crowdfund. Okay, yeah. And you will raise that money yeah, in like, a couple we, of, in a month. Because we, you know, that's like, well, that's that will take us to the next step because I have I'm okay to to do this full time. I have like I have money, thank God. You know, I've like I yeah, do but well. do not use your own money I'm talking about, for like, the business. That I can put I can put my time into this right now because I'm not like a lot of people are like jobless and right. things like that. I'm not in that position, so I can take my my time and put it into this thing and build it out. But I, I okay, so now's the time. Yeah, because the best time to crowdfund is when the founder has time to focus mm-hmm. on the crowdfunding. And you do need prep. You're gonna go through the iPhone Women method. Mm-hmm. You're gonna get private coaching and we're gonna teach you how to do it. And we're just gonna handhold you through it. And you know, <laughs> you're a visual that's artist. Great, yeah. So like, you'll need a dope video, but like, that's easy to do. Mm-hmm. We're gonna teach you how to network map. We're gonna do it with you to find all the places that you have people and pockets of money. And we're gonna group those people by wealth. And we are going to come up with perks and rewards that empower everybody in your network from mm-hmm. people that are broke ass to people that are very wealthy yeah. to feel great about supporting the opening of the collective. Yeah. And I'm going to put this out there. <laughs> I'm like, I think please? I, I mean, 40,000 is a very reasonable goal. Yeah. I think that when we plan this properly and now they are telling me you have time to do it, the goddess has brought us together today mm-hmm. for this very reason. She has. She 1 million percent has. Mm-hmm. And so take this time that you have earned because you have money. Mm-hmm. And that's not like, oh, lucky me. No, I'm nobody privileged. gave it to me. No, I know. Yeah. But like you, you earn that money and that has afforded you time to now go raise capital mm-hmm. to build out your space. Yeah, because I, I, I... We're doing that. Like, I'm you. not letting you not do it. I don't it. even want to do... Yeah, because we, you know, I have a project right now that we're working on. It's like, it's small beans. And I'm like, I don't even want to do... Any, I don't really want to do anything that takes away from the bigger picture at this point. Absolutely. Not that it's small beans. Like, I like what it is and it's dope. But I don't really need to do dope, you know, downtown kids stuff anymore. Like, this time to level up. It's like I've been cooking a dinner and now it's time to eat. And I'm like, okay, now what are we now what are we doing? How are we gonna serve this plate up? Because, you know, it's there. And so let's eat. Thank it. you. Yeah, let's eat. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to our delicious meal. Yeah. I'm I, I'm charged up. Like I took yes. a little time off. I I needed time off because I've been working on this for uh two and a half years straight. And so I took a month off. It's time. And now I'm like ready. It's time. I'm so ready. I'm so stoked. Like, all right. Well, we are going to get it done with you. Yeah. Thank you Let's for being it. a part of the iPhone Women Show podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love it. I love what you're doing. It's, it's so, it's such a beautiful, it's such a beautiful service for, for people, for women 
and for men too like yeah. they, my whole team was inspired they're like Good. Wait, you know so it's 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 really important what you guys are doing especially right now like because this is a time for change so if you got those ideas that are different or something even like just milling around with now is the time to just try it it doesn't matter no one's what are you gonna do? Be at home anyway. Exactly. <laughs> you might as well try. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What she said, Mike dropped. All right, everybody. We are gonna say goodbye to my dear friend Constance, who runs Soho Renaissance Factory. You're gonna see her on iFund Women in probably the coming weeks, month or so. Hey. We're gonna coach her up, do all the things. Thank you so much Thank you. for being here. That's We're gonna probably. put all the links to the Soho Renaissance Factory in the show notes. So check them out. I am a proud customer of the art because the art is just extraordinary. Thank you. I'm so happy you have it. It's so appropriate. Oh my God, it's Uh, so appropriate. mm -hmm. So wishing you well. Thank you, you too.